Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. And you know who I was, I was just thinking, who do I give a shit about today? You know who I give a shit about? Myself. I give a shit about myself. Just me. I am the most self-involved uh, moment. This is a very self-involved time for me. I've got a lot of uh, stuff, j- balls in the air that I'm juggling. And I'm really not thinking. I don't give a fuck about anybody but myself right now. I'm just trying to keep my shit together. And uh, I'm, all, I'm all about me. So don't expect any compassion or me to be nice to you or nothing. I'm not going to be until... After uh, October 2nd, when uh, the Bushwick Film Festival is done and the Bushwick Open Studios are done, because those things are crashing together for me. Uh, but you know what I want to tell you about? I want to tell you about the um, p- the Plum Beach cleanup. Y- you know, if you if you can't even get your shit together, I don't even know why we're talking to you guys about this, because probably most of the people out there, most of you guys out there, you probably don't even have your shit together to have your own your own home clean, or maybe you haven't even taken a shower in a few days. But uh, if you really want to do something good, this is really worthwhile. Uh, you should celebrate National pa- Public Lands Day, and it's a friendly family volunteer cleanup that fights beach garbage. Saturday, September 24th, that's this Saturday at 10 a.m., join NYC H2O and Radio Free Brooklyn at Plum Beach to protect precious marine habitat and salt marsh. Um, after the cleanup, naturalist Mickey Cohen will lead a hands-on marine ecology adventure. Volunteers will see Jamaica's Bay's creatures close up. Sign up for the public beach cleanup. Visit our web, visit the website nych2o.org. That's nych2o.org. Plum Beach is located at exit 9 off the Belt Parkway. I mean, all kidding aside, that is a really important cause, a lot more important than your goddamn apartment, okay? This is this matters. Your apartment, oh, I don't know who that's your problem. I don't give a shit. All right. And I got one plug I want to make for myself, folks. There's actually uh, a documentary about me uh not wanting to get married. Uh at the Bushwick Film Festival, October second, uh, it's at it's going to be per- playing at Syndicated Theater, which is in Bushwick, and the movie's called Cold Feet. It's made by this incredible uh, filmmaker Spencer Shilley, who I know personally, and he followed me around for three months uh, before my wedding, uh, documenting all the stress. I really didn't want to get married. I mean, that's the truth. I was engaged to my husband for eight years and I knew him like six years before that and uh, I went through a lot I went through a lot and if you want to see what happens you should come to the come to the film 345 just go to the um, Bushwick Film Festival website and you can see see more about it you can see my tits on a big screen I haven't even seen that Uh, doctor I went to breast doctor that's why All right, so uh, most importantly, uh, I have this amazing young woman on today, Christine Stoddard. Say hello. Hi, Christine. Hi, Lisa. Uh, I'm going to tell you how I met Christine, the lovely Christine, the lovely and able, talented uh, person who I've, I'm having like such a counter transference about you, Christine. I'm feeling like so like 
th- you know, threatened and like, oh my God, you're 27 and oh, like you fucking, stop it. you fucking rule the world. Stop it. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't be like that. Be like, be like, woman, like, hear me yeah, roar. Fuck Go it. like, yeah, I, am I it. do. Yeah, rock yeah, the world. Yeah, fucking rule, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, I want to tell you how I met Christine because, uh, I did an event where I needed a mermaid and my mermaid friend, Dallas Athen, uh, couldn't do it. And so she got me another mermaid and the mermaid was Christine Stoddard. It was actually a little, a little kind of personal fundraiser that I did on my own for, uh, Radio Free Brooklyn. And Christine, as the mermaid, had to go around and collect cash from the festival goers. And uh, she did a fucking bang up job. Well, like, thanks. It was worth it <laughs> for all of us. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, so uh, she uh, she impressed everybody, everybody that had anything to do with her. And uh, well, maybe maybe they'd be a little less impressed if they knew that I fished all that, all like every bit of my costume from the garbage. I just, really? yeah, yeah. Then, I, okay, well, that's fucking even more. <laughs> now I'm really having a bad counter transference. I'm going to just shut this interview down. I'm going to just go kill myself. Um, why were you? Yeah, you were like, you were all decked out. She's a, a good looking woman by, by any stretch uh, with like wavy hair. Perfect. And you were covered in sparkles. Did you put, you did, you, you didn't look, you didn't get, you didn't fish that makeup and shit out of the chest. Well, okay, not the makeup. I, I have makeup. <laughs> but you but fished like the literally sparkles, out of like the trash? The sequined, yeah, the sequin dress was something that it looks like uh, came from a breakup because it was just like one of those cardboard boxes full of clothes and books ah. and CDs by a garbage can. Mm-hmm. Found found that. Uh, found the dress that I wore under the sequin piece. Found uh, some of the jewelry in that box. Yeah, and I just said I I'm going to put this together and make a mermaid costume. Wow. Well, you know, I think maybe we should just make this whole interview on shopping tips. Thing. That's pretty. That's <laughs> from the garbage. <laughs> incredible. Well, they have those people that. What is that free eating or what is that? Yeah, freegans. Freegans yeah, where they yeah. eat out of the garbage. Yeah, <laughs> that cracks me up. That cracks me up. I don't know why, and it shouldn't, but it just cracks me up. Good for them. <laughs> I know they make that into like, but it's like. It's like a movement. Like, I understand. Like, I'm completely sympathetic if you really are low on cash. I mean, there's a lot of great shit in the garbage out here. I mean, (laughs) from food to clothes to furniture, everything, pets. I get it. This is a wealthy, wealthy nation, and we're in a wealthy, wealthy city. Yeah. But to make it into, like, a proud cause... I well, don't know. Like, what happens if you invite them over for dinner? Well, believe it <laughs> you or have not, to get fish the. F- yeah. When I was in art school in Richmond, Virginia, <laughs> two of my friends who were sisters and lived together in this little apartment, <laughs> this little condo that their parents bought for them, uh, didn't have a budget for food because their parents had bought them this place to live during right. college. So they said, you're going to have to figure out food and, and everything else, <laughs> your textbooks on your own. Oh, so so these girls, yeah, yeah. These girls used to go to Panera every night to get bread. 
Because Panera doesn't donate their stuff, or at least then, maybe they have a new policy now, they don't donate their leftovers to churches or homeless shelters, but they bag everything up when they put it in the before they put it in the dumpster. So that way, if needy people are looking around, there's bread that's bagged up. It hasn't touched the See, garbage. This is exactly what I'm saying. How stupid is that? I mean, why didn't they just fucking sell their apartment? That's yeah, what I that's don't true. understand. Why don't they just sell the apartment? And and also, I mean, what about the visionary of the parents? I mean, it's just, you know, they're so out of touch. They didn't go oh, uh, Anyway, <laughs> I could spend, yeah. Um, so I want to, um, I, I want, this is what I was saying to Christine before I got on the air. Christine's uh, talents are so extreme and so varied and her achievements so vast that it's not something I can really quite comprehend. I did do some research, but I don't even get get it. So I'm going to have her. Christine, tell us uh, what your talents are and what you do and what you've achieved. Um, we have 45 minutes. No, oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll interrupt. I mean, just keep going. And I'm going to interrupt you because there's no way you're going to, get. you know, there's no way that you're going to be able to fit this in in like a minute or two. So <laughs> just start. Um. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a writer and a visual artist and I will write and make all kinds of things. Uh, so I've dabbled in theater, I've dabbled in film, gallery work, fiction, nonfiction. Really, I just come up with every story because most of my work is narrative-based, whatever story I have in mind. And then I try and figure out, well, what's the best medium to tell this story? Is it going to be a comic? Is it going to be a photo story? Is it going to be a little documentary? And then I just do it. If I haven't done it before, I just figure it out. I'll ask my friends. I'll read about it uh, and just do it. <laughs> See, does that make you feel like killing yourself? I mean, serious. No. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, though, I mean, this is an example that we that we I mean, it's amazing. She's 27. And you also said you just moved here three months ago, right? Yeah. So yeah. tell us a little about that. Where were you from and what made you want to move here or how'd you wind up moving here? Yeah. So I'm from Arlington, Virginia, originally. That's outside of Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. It's where the Pentagon's actually located, mm -hmm. not D.C. It's where... The cemetery is Arlington National Cemetery. Hey, you know, that's where my husband is right now. He's what, taking why? photographs there. He was there yesterday. He's photographing the uh, the tomb of the... Um, oh, the unknown soldier, No, no, right? not the what? tomb or the gravestone of the um, Gold Star parents that uh, Trump made fun of. Oh, oh. He's doing that as a project. You know, oh. election project. <laughs> anyway, well, I've done I've done a fair amount of work about cemeteries. Actually, like oh. I co-authored a book on the cemeteries of Richmond, Virginia. Oh. Uh, that was really. See, by I mean, doesn't that figure? I feel like if I told you about like my that I w had a knitting project at home, you would have like a book that you'd written on that. <laughs> We're not going there. We're not. We get it. We get it. We love you. We love you, Christine. Thank you for tolerating me today. I'm in a. I don't know what kind of mood I'm in. Uh, in a self-involved mood, I already said that. <laughs> um, so here's what I want to find out about you. Oh, so why did you move here? Why did yeah, you move okay, here? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. That's I right. got sidetracked with the cemeteries. Uh, so I moved here because I live a couple other places in Virginia and even Iowa, if you can believe it. Mm. Uh, and New York is just where 
so much is happening. I mean, I completely buy into the New York dream. I know. Oh, really? Yeah, the artist dream. And I know it's naive. I know it's adorable. It just makes people want to pinch my cheeks. But I I do feel like this is such a creative place. Well, that's encouraging yeah, for and- all of us to hear that, <laughs> that, it's not, that dream isn't dead for everyone. Yeah, like even, so growing up in the D.C. area, sure, there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. It's still a major city. But in New York, you can see any kind of concert any night of the week. Right. Go to major art shows any right. night of the week. Right. You can't do right. that in DC. Right. So what was like what 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 like what's what is was what's your dream? Like did you did you come here like thinking I'm going to get a job doing X, I'm going to meet people, I'm going to... Can you be a little more specific? Yeah, yeah. So specifically, I wanted to have a creative community. So professionally, I write for women's publications like Cosmo and Marie Claire, Bustle, Ravishly for her. And you um, make a living doing Yeah, that. that's it's crazy. That's... <laughs> She's 27. Okay. Uh, well, I write a lot of clickbait too, so it's not all like... Doesn't <laughs> matter. You're doing that at home though. You can yeah, work yeah. from anywhere. Yeah, right. I can work from anywhere. Right. But uh, there's just not the same kind of community in D.C. It's a lot smaller. And in Richmond, where I went to school, there, I would say the creative community community there is more unified. Like, it's just mm-hmm. easier to be an mm-hmm. artist there than in D.C. Mm-hmm. because the cost of living is so low. But mm-hmm. it's just so tiny. So it's the people. It's the it's people. people. It really you moved is. here for the people. So where did you move to? <laughs> so I was in Bushwick for a couple of months um, at, at, as a sublet. Mm-hmm. And we just moved into Bed-Stuy. My husband and I. That's who the right, we is. Right. I met your husband. <laughs> yes. And did, uh, did you like Bushwick? Yeah. No, I How loved it. How does Bushwick it. and Bed-Stuy compare? Similar? Uh, very well, different? Should I move yeah. to Bed-Stuy? <laughs> If you want a lot of space for very little money, we're renting a two. You're going to hate me. We're renting a two bedroom. I already do. We established <laughs> oh yeah, this. that's right. That's right. We're renting a two bedroom for fourteen hundred a month. Great. You know? Don't tell people that on the radio, Christine. <laughs> I'm giving you away all it. my that secrets. That is really naive. Look at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're free Pinch clothes. Pinch my cheeks. <laughs> no, you, you already told us. I've, you've been on the air ten minutes. We know how to get free clothes in a cheap apartment. Um. Okay. Uh, okay. So I wanted to tell you my observations about you, and I, I want to see where what what you're if we can if if we can if you can help me understand where whether they're accurate or oh god how to understand them. There's two things that I notice about you. Uh, one is you know I've made pretty obvious that you're phenomenal. You're you're phenomenally. Uh, I. I I'd say overachiever, but that's not giving you enough credit. I don't know what else <laughs> other word word you're like phenomenal at like achievement and and I think you must have just amazing drive and uh, motivation. And I want to find out like where that's coming from and what the feelings behind it is. Is it um, a correct a, you know like which is emotional? What's just the connection to the work? Like all yeah. that stuff. And then the other thing that made me insane was how in love you and your husband seem. <laughs> that made me crazy because we're at this festival, right? And there are all these people milling around and stuff like that. And Christine and her husband acted like they had met and were arranging a booty call. <laughs> 
that they had picked, you know, I mean, it was crazy. How long have you known him? He was a sweet, sweet, nice man. Yeah, he's my high school sweetheart. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, no. That's ridiculous. We were just so lucky. Uh, Lucky? Okay, so the drive. First, I'll address the drive, and it's actually partially connected to my love story, my my marriage, okay? Okay. So uh, my mother is from El Salvador. My dad is from... Well, he's from New York. He's from Rye originally. Wait, I just, have to, I just have to make this connection for people yeah, yeah. who may be listening. Your mother's from El Salvador? Yes. Did you Central ever live America. there? No, I have never okay, lived well, there. You, have you heard of Julio Torres? Yeah. You know him? Yes. You know well, he's not from know El- him. But- well, he's been on this show, and really? we talked a lot about El Salvador. I heard a lot about it. Yeah, it was about a year ago. Yeah, so huh. there must be something about people from El Salvador. Okay, we've learned that. I'm taking a trip yeah, to yeah. El Salvador. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, so your mother's from El Salvador, and your father... Is from the New York area. So Rye, as a child, is where he lived as a child, and then he moved to the Lower East Side as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Both of them had very difficult lives mm-hmm. as children uh, and as young adults. Meaning and, in what way? Like- uh, so my mother grew up in El Salvador during the Civil War, mm-hmm. which was an especially bloody war. So she saw a lot of violence history. growing up? Yeah, yeah. Did, and, did anyone she was close to get hurt yes, or killed? Yeah, she had, the, oh, yes. I, okay. I'm not going to be going to go into too right. much detail yeah, about no, that but stuff. She's but been, she's been through stuff that I think 90, that most Ameri- most Americans are, I don't know anybody like pers- just personally who's all really the been ser- through Pretty that. much all the stereotypical third world tragedies. Yeah, just imagine hard that. To ima- it's hard to even, yeah, okay, yeah. we get that. And then, and then with my dad, he had uh, almost a fall from grace. Growing up in Rye, it was beautiful, green, you know, perfect suburban house. And then his parents got divorced, and suddenly his mother was responsible for him. Mm. Uh, and this was in the early '60s, very different time. <laughs> wow. So yeah, my my dad. So did he grow up like in the Lower East Side with like? There were drugs and violence. And yeah, like yeah, like Scorsese days, mean streets. Mm-hmm. That that. Did sort your of father time. also witness violence and yes, drugs? And yeah, a lot of that. Was he ever? I mean, how did he? Did he? Did he manage to stay away from that? Or yeah, for the most part. I mean, he definitely had a. Are few... you a Jew? <laughs> no. <laughs> You look. You got no, the Jew no. hair. Yeah, no, I do have the Jew hair. Um, it, mm. The hair comes. It's just a fine mix of my my dad's hair and my mom's hair. Mm. My dad is of Ju- Scottish. Julio and- had nice hair too. <laughs> no, but so going okay, back yeah. to the original point, it's just they had such difficult lives, and my childhood was so comparatively comfortable mm-hmm. that. I always felt so guilty growing up because Mm. I would hear these stories about, oh, and we never had anything to eat and we had to do this and -and so-and-so died and, oh, and -and so-and-so got really Mm -hmm. sick and I was homeless at some point, blah, blah, blah. Like, well, okay, and here I am with a queen-size bed as a 10-year-old. You know, here I am, the little little princess. So how did your parents present that to you? Did they present it in a way that, uh, because, you know, I mean... My parents, you know, they went through depression. I mean, they didn't go through stuff like that, but my mother was like horrible. This, oh, woe is me. 
Um, like, how did they present it? Did they present it like you should appreciate this or this is a matter of fact of what we went through? Or how how did they present it to you? Was it just in stories of how they grew up? Or how was it, you know, what, what was the emotion behind, I guess it's probably more than just one one emotion, but like how, how did you digest that and what, Yeah, it it was a mix. And it definitely changed over the years as I got older. Like certainly the way they explained things to me when I was little was different than how they explained things to me when I was a teenager. Uh, But just, yeah, there was a lot of... But did they do it in like a calm, quiet way? Or did they do it in a way like... Why aren't you eating your dinner? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, totally. It was the latter. It was uh, it was usually almost... From my mother, almost melodramatic at times. Oh, okay, got it. And then from so she used it as a yeah, weapon. Yeah, yeah. Let's Whereas, just put that yeah, out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Whereas my my dad was often calmer and more matter of fact about it, but he mm-hmm. could he could heighten the drama when he needed to. It's hard. I mean, it's hard. It's. I mean, there's no. You know, there's all only compassion here. No. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it's no. like there. It's amazing. They must. You're such a reward to them, right? Yeah, no, and that's mm-hmm. that's. Do you how have brothers or sisters? Yeah, I have two sisters. Are we're, they also overachievers? Yeah, yeah, we're all very close what did in they age. Do? Uh, so one of them is an illustrator. Her mm-hmm. name's Nina Stoddard, and, and is then, she successful at that? Yeah, uh, make I a mean, living at it. That's hard. No, she doesn't make a living at it, but she has had her work published and shown in different places. Yeah, she's and, on her way. Yeah, she's, she's probably like her, how yeah, old is she? She's twenty six. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, then, she's on her way. Yeah. yeah, and the baby is twenty four, and she is a photographer by training, but she wants to go into museum education. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's done a lot of education and service-based work like she just finished americorps the domestic version of peace corps and we're so <sighs> proud of her like oh she just came back from god. phoenix oh yeah my yeah god like painted that a mural so with god. refugees oh, like, jesus <laughs> yeah no so they're oh, they're, god. <laughs> they're both great and they're both yeah. talented but it's because and good people and, and good w- generous yeah. but our our parents just guilted us so much in a good way I think sometimes it was too much to bear but for the most part I think they just wanted us to really appreciate how many opportunities we had Mm -hmm. that they Mm -hmm. didn't have Mm -hmm. Uh, and just to make the most of our education especially Mm -hmm. as women like where my mom's from uh, today it they they have one of the highest rates of teen marriages in the world. Mm. It's very common for 14 and 15 year old oh, girls really? there to get married. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So she was always big on you girls are going to go to college. You're not going to get pregnant as teenagers. You know, you're going to if you mm-hmm. decide to get pregnant, you're going to have a long term partner, mm-hmm. whether it's a husband mm-hmm. or or committed boyfriend who's there to help you raise the kid so did you have like a pretty standard say middle class background with like food on the table and always a nice place you know decent place to live and clothes and all that yeah stuff? yeah i would say so what I did mean, your parents do for a living so my mom's a housewife mm-hmm. so the, i mean the fact that she was able to do that alone shows that yeah. my dad did well does well what did he do he's a documentary filmmaker um, oh that's impressive yeah he's a director well he's a Director of photography, so he, he's DP. not so much. So he yeah, must DP. be pretty successful at that. Yeah. He, what has he worked on? Uh, lots of stuff for National Geographic, oh, okay. 60 Minutes, PBS News. Oh, Hour. wow. He's had an exciting life. Yeah, yeah. So he must be a huge inspiration. Yeah, definitely. No, he... Oh. That's... I think that he's... Explained, that explains <laughs> some of it. Yeah, and I think he's one of the reasons why all three of us went 
to art school. Like we wanted to do something mm-hmm. creative. And our mom. Uh, was our, that exciting? Like, did you see his films or did he travel a lot? Or <laughs> was it exciting for you? Did you get to travel with him ever? So, yeah, we did a little bit uh, when I was little. Not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Now he mainly shoots in D.C. and mm-hmm. New York. So mm-hmm. there's not mm-hmm. much of a reason. Yeah, he's old. He's yeah, old. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, but, yeah. But anyway, yeah, what yeah. an amazing... Inst- did you... I mean, that must have been incredible, you know, yeah. to see the films he made. And yeah, like yeah. That, right? when, um, What's his most famous film or most most watched film? Oh, God. I don't even Just remember the one. name. So it's the documentary that inspired the Fly Away Home movie. Do you remember that? About no. the geese. It was popular so in the 90s. So it's a movie 90s. about geese. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> about migratory geese, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, all right. So explain how that relates to your... Uh... To my husband. Okay. So my my parents were also very strict with my sisters and me. Like, okay, you have food on the table. You're going to get an education. You're not going to get pregnant when you're 15. Uh, and because of that, I really was not allowed to date in high school. That sat that like my mother with her Catholic upbringing, especially there was just very much like, no, you're you're going to focus on school. And uh, you can worry about dating and, and boys and all that stuff later. All so right. was that like freaky? I hated it. It was so frustrating. What was that like? Did you like not? Did your friends think you were a freak? Or oh yeah, yeah. I mean, were you left out of, of shit because yeah, your parents no, were strict? No, definitely, definitely. And that I think that's one of the reasons why I, I had so many Muslim and observant Christian friends growing oh, up yeah. because many of them weren't allowed to date or at least not uh. date seriously either. So it was like, Did you kind of right. like hate your mother? I mean, just, oh, just kind of viscerally. Not that you should or yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, just as a teenager, did you kind of like feel like that? Like, oh, There my. were definitely moments where I was like, this is so unfair. My grades are so good. Why can't I just go to a movie with a boy? And what what, what were your sisters? Like, what was that? A, uh, the, did they go through the same thing? Did, did it well, get so you're the oldest. I, yeah, yeah. Did it get so, easier? Did you break any ground there? Yeah. Well, I broke. I broke the rules. I broke the rules by starting to see the guy who's now my husband. <laughs> so we would just. I would sneak away any chance I got, and a lot of times it was just innocent stuff like, "Oh, well, I have to go write this article for the school newspaper about this band. Why don't you meet me at this concert?" Oh, sure. So I would just try and fit it yeah. in that way. Right. And that way it wasn't, you know, technically breaking the rules, but yeah. I was still seeing I was survival. still seeing the those, guy. Those are nice survival skills. Good yeah, for you. yeah. I applaud that. Um and his like his family was was very well, he was a boy. So there weren't the same kind of rules for him, right. but his family's also Catholic, observant mm-hmm, Catholics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So his mom wasn't crazy about him dating either, mm-hmm. but still, there was no concern that he was going to get pregnant. So right, she was fine with it once it finally came to light. And did she meet you? She probably loved you. Yeah, no, You're, she I mean, she thought she I was thinks, yeah. adorable. Yeah, she was like, course. oh look, look She's at her, so, so happy. cute. Yeah, yeah, and and once my parents actually met my now husband, they were fine with it because the guy was an altar server. At church, oh, he was a boy I know scout. What that, is. that sounds like a technical. It's a very. That sounds like a piece of technology. An <laughs> altar server. He was one of the kids who helps out with mass, like mm-hmm. one of the dorky kids who wears mm-hmm. a white robe and helps out with mass. Right. So he's a like a like a what, he was a somebody boy your scout. parents would approve of. of yeah. Course. So they were in the end fine with it, mm-hmm. but I think he and I just 
I mean, we lucked out because we had a lot of the same interests. He's a, a motion graphics designer. He makes titles for videos and TV, mm-hmm. uh, does animation. That's great. Yeah, yeah. we just, we had so many of the same but, interests. But, but also, I mean, most, I don't think most people are mature enough. I mean, I, I still am not uh, to have a relationship where you're really committed and, and, you can really appreciate the other person. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, but I was like, he and I were both little adults. We were just (laughs) like so serious in a way uh, as teenagers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that at at least when it came kind of not just being together, but following rules in general. And I hate saying that now because now I'm like, well, if I don't like a rule, I'm going to stand up to it. But back then, for the most part, I right. did what was expected of me. So you guys must have felt like safe together that you, yeah. know, you could be honest with each other. I mean, it's a certain kind of intimacy where you're both under the same, you know, the same rules. Yeah. And the same pressure. The same pressure <laughs> and that you you're not judging each other and you feel safe with each other. And also, the, I wonder if there was something like a little bit sort of almost titillating about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah. sounds hot, frankly. <laughs> but uh, it is impressive that you guys you guys never think, like, I got married. That How old were you? You must have been 12. No, <laughs> no we actually just got married last year. Oh. Uh, because I wanted to I wanted to travel some more, do, mm-hmm. just do have some other stuff. Have you lived together almost the whole time? Or No, we actually... Um, what happened in college? Well, we didn't live together in college. Did you go to college together? Yeah, we did. Why? Because you wanted to be together. <laughs> well, originally I got a scholarship to this tiny school in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I mean, I transferred in part for because of him, I will be honest, but it really was not the only reason. Uh, my school in Iowa was this private liberal arts school in the cornfields. Mm. Uh, and I got this scholarship and just felt... Originally, I thought, okay, well, I can go there and just be really serious and focus on my writing and my art, and I won't have any distractions because there are only pigs and cows there. Mm-hmm. Like, how much trouble can I really get into? Nah. Uh, but well, without a penis, probably not that much. <laughs> but then, yeah, I just realized there's no stimulation here. Yeah. And it was also awkward um, and really uncomfortable at times because it was such a white school uh, too yeah and oh that's weird i mean you're not technically uh, technically white. i'm a biracial person yeah, I never I, really i'm thought light about yeah that, i'm light skinned i am white passing um there was yeah, definitely but you're not you're not a you're not yeah corn fed yeah, yeah i'm not you're not you don't look like i'm not a red-headed a, uh, scandinavian what do they call that <laughs> like a tommy hilfiger model yeah yeah the no, all-american look yeah. no um well just, you know it seems like um you know i don't quite I don't quite get it's hard for me. I'm just going to say this for me personally, like that kind of emotional, whatever that takes to have um, that kind of interest in a in a relationship with another person without having it be complicated and stuff like that is something that's hard for me to personally comprehend. But uh, I feel like it would probably take much longer than we could just. Yeah. So I'm just going to I'm just going to say that you're from a alternative universe that is a pretty healthy one in some way and be done with that. All I also right, need sure. to remind people that um 
I want to let you know, if you just tuned in, that you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and I'm Dr. Lisa, and Dr. Lisa gives a shit. I'm having this amazing conversation with uh, creative uh, person extraordinaire Christine Stoddard. We just finished talking about her marriage, sort of. <laughs> um, so anyway, good for you. Good for you. Thanks. So uh, I, knew, I was thinking, you know, it might be... Um, you know, I'm getting the vibe that maybe, you know, you're in a new place and stuff that we could like do some real therapy here. So yeah. maybe you have something that, you know, has been on your mind that you could that you'd like to bring to therapy. Yeah. What do you think? Well, What's I, going on? You kind of touched on some of the themes already. I I just I'm still trying to figure out how to be a married 20 something in Brooklyn mm. who isn't like super Catholic. <laughs> well, uh, and in your community, which is freak freak ass weirdo artist yeah 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 um okay uh first of all are you guys catholic no 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 i'm not i just mentioned that because right. here i noticed like there's so many polish and uh, latino yeah and yeah just lots of catholic churches but uh what what when i mean that can mean a lot of different things i mean i get the idea that, you know, you're a young person in a committed relationship where people may be like hooking up and stuff like that. But what is it like for you? Like, what's that? What's that feeling? What is your circumstances like? Like you have a significant other. So what are the people around you? What are what are their lifestyles like as far as being in relationships or, you know, how 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 do you fit in with the with your peers right now? Yeah, well, definitely when it comes to relationships, I don't fit in at all. Almost everyone in my social circle here is still doing the OK Cupid Tinder thing, mm-hmm. which is fine, but I just can't relate to I that. I heard Tinder was over. Uh, I, I don't even know. Those <laughs> those apps. That, those apps. Those they're... things where you swipe and you click and you yeah, yeah. find something, someone. They're, they're in the hunting mode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I can't. I can't relate to that at all. And when they ask questions about, oh, well, how do I do this? And uh, how, how do I date as a feminist woman in Brooklyn circa 2016? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> right, right. I can't give you advice there. So do you feel like, um, I mean, I know I know, what it, I know what it's like being a chick for sure, especially at that age. So do you feel like uh, that like, all your girlfriends say are all got dating stories and they're pursuing guys and they want to talk about the guy that they like and and psychoanalyze his uh, texts and shit like that. Is that what's going on? Yeah, there's on? a lot of there's a lot of that. And mm-hmm. then, um, mm-hmm. so I struggle with that and just not being able to relate. You don't have anything. You don't have anything to add. Yeah, either. not really. Just like you can't, oh, you can't be part. Of, you're not part of that. I mean, I can tell them, hey, what he did to you is shitty, and mm-hmm. that's not going. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work. You can't tolerate that, and you can't have a long term relationship with someone who's going to treat you like that. I mm-hmm. can, I can stand up, and they trust me to stand yeah. up to say, like, yeah. no, that yeah. is not acceptable right but when it comes to like oh well how like what flirty xyz should i do now i'm just like i i don't know (laughs) right right well 
I mean, that makes sense. And also what I'm hearing you say is that you have like a pretty damn good role, which is a role model for them, maybe. Yeah, but I think... I mean, but which isn't the same as being their... Being one of the one, I'm speaking about the chicks because this seems like a chick on chick mostly thing. <laughs> is, is that is yeah, that true? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, but but then you, it's it's sort of impossible in a, in this particular way for you to be part of the group. Right? Yeah, yeah. In that sense, like, there's no way that's ever going to happen. And then the other the other tension, which isn't so much with my friends who are my age. But with older people in my life, some of them, mm-hmm. family members, neighbors, whatever, is David and my husband and I have a dynamic where I'm definitely the dominant one. Like mm-hmm. I and he's fine with that. It's not like I'm overpowering him, but it's just, yeah, this I is mean, what you were, I do. You were, I, that's and, what I observed. You were super outgoing uh, and he's a sweetheart, but you are the... You are the like the bigger personality. I mean, I'm totally yeah, like total type my A, husband. like neurotic, and he's type B, could just sit around the house all day and be happy. Yeah, you're just more social or whatever. Yeah, That's who yeah. you are. And you guys are good with that. Yeah, no, we're good with it. But I think the the perception can be really frustrating. Really? Like my, That's all... Fucking old fashioned, yeah, Who, and it, sexist and gross and disgusting. Ew. Who's yeah, like that? Yeah, um, uh, older relatives, neighbors, like in our apartment building. Uh, sometimes I hold the door open for David. Wow, <laughs> you know, and the neighbors will joke about that, like, "Oh, he should be doing that for you." So, are you living in a building with a lot of old people? Yeah, mostly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, older, well, not super that. old. You know what but... I say? I say, "Fuck that shit." <laughs> You good, know what I mean? Good. I just say fuck that shit. I mean, that's not concerning me because that's just like circumstances. You're from one planet, they're from another. Uh um you know, I don't know what I'm curious about is why you why you want their approval. Do they represent like your parents? why do you even care? Is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, that's a good question. Why like, do you I think you care? care. Well, uh, I, I mean, they're just so... from another planet. They're judging you on some other standard that that's got nothing to do with you. So why what's why is that upsetting you? I mean, it must have I just something don't to do with your hear family. It. I just don't want to like stop talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not good enough yet. And I I think this is one of my I don't biggest flaws. Ever hear you say I'm not good enough? <laughs> I haven't right. got. I haven't gotten a hold of just. I'm trying totally. to. I'm trying to. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to what? Tune people out more. Mm. Like, I think when it comes to my work with my writing and my art, I'm very comfortable in saying, no, this is what I do. This is my aesthetic. This is how I tell stories. But when it comes to my personal life, I'm not always that strong. Mm-hmm. I'm often not that strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to get better at saying and just being comfortable so this is a great opportunity for you because you get to practice on strangers that in like six months when you get your um penthouse apartment (laughs) you won't ever have to deal with them you and they don't you you know the beauty of this situation is that you really don't have to take them personally this is my guess i'm gonna say what my guess about this is these are people that have lived in the neighborhood for a long time and they see young people like you and they're probably a little like your parents in that or you know People who think that, you know, you should be a virgin to get married and all that other crap. <laughs> so they are pushing your buttons. They are just pushing your buttons. Yeah. It really doesn't matter what they think. They, you, they are, And it's not about you. It's about your generation. 
Yeah. And it's about the people that have moved into their neighborhood that don't have the manners that they think, the kind of manners that they think they should have. Nothing to do with you. But it's pushing your buttons. So Yeah, well, because I have this other tension, which is, and this comes a lot from my mom's culture, which is, oh, you have to respect your elders. Your elders know better than you. And I know, I know intellectually that's not always true. Like every generation learns something, improves upon something. Well, you know, I mean, I think that. I think you're a little old for that. That's one thing. If you're like five, that makes sense. Uh, I don't think like they don't know more than you. I mean, they know different things. No one knows more. No one knows more. We all know different things. They've been on the planet longer. They have more uh, experience maybe, but no one knows. No one knows anything for sure. So um, that's misguided, well-intentioned uh, cliche that your parents hung on to. <laughs> that doesn't ring true to you, which makes perfect sense, yeah. right? So it doesn't, I'm freeing you of that too. Yeah, forget Thanks. about that. Love it. Um, the truth is, is that everyone should be treated with respect. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And like old people, yeah, I mean, old people do deserve a certain kind of respect, Uh like, for example, the old person in your building who's telling you not to hold the door for your husband, the old lady I'm picturing. Um, <laughs> well, I respect her in the sense that that's how she grew up. She's not going to change. Her life hasn't been easy if that's what she's had to deal with her whole life. And to just have the compassion and respect to not try and change that and just yeah. let her have it. Yeah. Old people deserve to keep the crap that they've created spent their whole lives holding on to i mean you don't you don't you know it doesn't really affect you directly except it's annoying and yeah yeah so you know i i think i think what's interesting what i think is really great about this whole point is that uh you are having an opportunity to um play out your feelings about you know the stuff about your parents putting rules on you, society putting rules on you, how you how to handle that and all that other stuff. You're getting a chance to uh, experience that directly so you can uh, rewire your thinking, change your thinking or change your feelings yeah. or get used to it or whatever. Well, Fix it and, or and that's, solve um, it. So yeah, grow. You, you're having a good experience. Yeah, no. And that's another reason why I'm grateful that I moved to New York because I am a little bit further from my family now and I can just distance myself in some ways mm. from, from certain rules from certain beliefs mm-hmm. i mean not not so much rules anymore mm-hmm. but definitely ways of thinking uh, mm-hmm. the whole the whole washington mentality of you get a government job you keep that job for 40 yeah, years you I die know. in that job yeah, that's, my, that's my background right i get that background um and you know what else i'm thinking about i'm thinking about um you and you and the girls yeah uh, so I'm thinking about that maybe they're maybe they feel the same way I do. Yeah. Which is like jealous and threatened and like, oh my God, how does she have such a decent relationship? I just don't buy it. Or how does she do it? Is it magic? That guy's crazy about her. <laughs> and they may maybe they resent you a little bit. Is that possible? Yeah. Or they don't or they can't understand it. Maybe they resent you. Is that I some think, of it? I think 
there's some of that. And I think it's also one of the reasons why, I mean, besides the fact that I'm just obsessed with my work, <laughs> I mm-hmm. think it's one of the reasons why so many of my friendships are predicated on us going to art shows and and mm-hmm. hanging out and talking about art instead of mm-hmm. talking about guys all the time. Right. But I think like guys are substitute. And I, I find this, I actually find this in group therapy, my, the group that I'm in myself. Mm. Uh, I find that sometimes, uh, group I've been in anyway, uh, that we wind up talking about our relationships with other people, maybe the men or you yeah. know, the partners, um, as a substitute for really talking about our own feelings and our yeah. own feelings about each other. I'm wondering if, um, you know, I have this problem a little bit, too, because uh, I do spend time around young people, young women, and I'm old and (laughs) married, and I haven't dated, uh, you know, or whatever. I'm not part of that. So, but I am, I do want to be close to these people. So maybe a lot of times I'll show an interest like I don't, God, I don't know Wow, what a foreign country that is. Yeah, What's yeah. that like? And I'm wondering if, if, if you know, I'm wondering if you want to get closer to them, you could by asking, asking them, just, you know, putting it out there. I don't know what that's like. That must be so confusing. Yeah, What's yeah. it like for you? Do you do that? or? Yeah, you- yeah. There's a lot of listening. I, definitely when it comes to the dating conversations, it. It's them telling me stories about really terrible dates more often than not, or just or just guys who are kind of slimy and and start texting and show this interest, and it's pretty clear mm-hmm. they just want sex, whatever. Uh, so I'll listen to their stories, and I mean, I I am interested. I do care about these mm-hmm. women, but it's inevitably it gets to that point in the conversation where it's like, what should I do? And that's that's the point where I can't be that helpful. Well, but- I'm wondering if it makes you angry and frustrated. I'm just wondering this, listening to the stories, because you're extraordinarily uh, mature. That is an unusual. I mean, you're more mature about the shit than I am, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and then I ever will be, for God's <laughs> sakes. Um, so I'm just wondering if there's part of it that... Um, like, this is how I'm imagining I might feel. And I'm yeah. not saying this is, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Okay. Uh, I might feel if I got in a conversation with you and uh, I have a terrible self esteem problem, guys don't like me, I wind up so desperate. This is me, so desperate for a boyfriend that I wind up, you know, letting some guy come over and fuck me at 4 a.m. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's because I'm a needy, sad, depressed person. And I'm telling you the story, and then I ask you for advice, and then you understandably wind up feeling angry and frustrated with me because you care about me and you like me and you just think I'm an idiot for doing this and <laughs> you don't understand why I'm doing it. So I wonder um, if you're communicating some of that. I mean, it would make sense that you might be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. so first of all, I want to back up and say that all of my female friends are feminists and all of and all of them you I can't would say, say the word no feminist on this radio <laughs> yeah that's the wrong f word no i'm um, sorry but yeah okay they're not yeah they're not yeah, they they're all, strong women they're, they're strong women strong, i get that all of them are strong women and i would say all of them have a healthy self-esteem now of course none of them are perfect and 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, right. everybody has regrets, and they've well, done. They've slept with some people. Where it was like, really, that one, that guy, why? Or in circumstances where it was like, but you didn't actually want to do that. You weren't totally into that situation. So why? Uh, so when those situations pop up, when they tell me about those stories, then I'm like, uh, but. Well, you, you're not normally like that. Why? 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 Well, here's what I'm saying. I mean, first of all, I'm afraid. I'm thinking that they may be afraid that those are hard stories to tell. I mean, I've been there and they, yeah, may, yeah. they may be afraid that you're judging them. Yeah, that's true. But the other thing is, um, I mean, I didn't get married like I until I was 54 and I had a lot of single years and I had a lot of boyfriends and single years and all that stuff. Do you know, like you have been, like uh, now you have been shielded. Yeah, from no, that I know. kind of loneliness <laughs> didn't have that warfare and that kind of um, rejection and that yeah. kind of profound, like not having um, maybe a family that cares about you. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, and like the sense of being alone in the world, which which I have been through uh, as a single adult on my own without a particularly sympathetic family yeah and no you know like is very frightening and very depressing and very difficult and um your friends are young i mean they're not they're not like maturity wise about being in a relationship you and them are not in the same you're not in even in the same you know, in the, the well, there's yeah, no, there, and you're in really different places. It makes me feel like a jerk sometimes. Like you were saying, well, maybe they worry that you judge them. That's one of my biggest fears. And I also think that's one of my biggest character flaws that, yeah, I am too judgy sometimes. Uh, so am I. Judgy. And, there's nothing. Yeah, but it's one thing just because someone's not making the same choices you have. Like most people do not meet. The person they end up being with forever when they're 14 or 15, you know? Well, and also what what I'm trying to say is the compassion that people need who, you know, um, when when they've had really difficult emotional lives and they haven't had um, the perspective that your family did and they didn't have two sisters who were joined. Like you had you had two sisters who were living under the same rules as you were. That was really helpful for you guys. Yeah, are you guys no. all really close? Yeah, no, we are. are. We yeah. are. We don't. So the little one lives in Mexico right now, and the middle one is actually moving to Miami from Philly tomorrow. Oh. But despite this physical distance, oh. we, we keep went in touch. Through, and you we went talk through... every day. Really? Yeah, okay. yeah. At least so, texting so every I day. So think, I think it's important to, um, you know, maybe try and understand some of what what it, what it might be like for them. Yeah. I mean, part of what I'm imagining also is that um you know, you're with you're in, you know, you're with a lot of um accomplished very accomplished young women. Yeah. And women can have their shit together in spades in their work life and their creative yeah. life and be basket cases in their emotional life and be at age 5. Yeah. So I think that um but also, I think that like showing vulnerability, I'm a big one of always showing vulnerability. Yeah. You know, so like, um, like if you said to them something like, um, I'm, you know, show how grateful you are that you didn't have to go through that. You oh, know? yeah, yeah. Like if you say, you know, my parents were so crazy strict and I wasn't allowed to date in high school 
and I was really miserable, but I guess in the long run, I should feel grateful about it. Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, so something uh, like with my little pity fests, I'll think, oh, we all have them. Well, <laughs> we, we all They're have them. They're fun. But when I think, oh, well, I haven't dated anybody else, I have one person, you know, who's modeling masculinity for me in a sense and and, mm-hmm. and what it's like to be a partner mm-hmm. and one person who mm-hmm. who validates me all the time and I don't always need that but especially when it comes to feeling pretty I'll be honest like if he hasn't said it for a few days <laughs> if he hasn't said something like oh your hair looks great oh you uh, you look so cute I like that shirt on you <laughs> maybe not yeah. like that but just little things yeah then I feel I don't feel pretty and it's unfortunate that I need to feel pretty, but I'm I'm a well, woman. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's good. It's all positive. Appreciate what your husband does for you. That's what I'm here. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, you ha- you're at an advantage. And having that kind of advantage gives you an advantage in life in general, I think. To, yeah. In so- certain ways, not in everything. But it can, like the stability, feeling... stability and love and all that stuff is so, um, you know, um, hard to, hard to, hard to achieve. And, uh, it's great that you maintained it and got it. And, you know, you've, you know, I mean, not dating in high, you know, it it wasn't handed to you by any means, but I think that your friends need to under, I think you, they need to know that, you know, that, they're on a road that you didn't that you're yeah. fortunate that you didn't have to be on. Yeah. But also the other thing that makes that I'm curious about is you're you write for women's magazines, right? Yeah. And um how is it that you don't have more of a I mean, in a way I feel like you're missing a bit of the emotional um what's the word? The emotional experience of what these women are going through. So Yeah. How is that writing for magazines that you've missed that <laughs> do you not write about boys or yeah guys? i don't i i hardly write about sex oh and relationships when i do it's always a third person perspective i'm interviewing mm-hmm. other women i'm not mm-hmm. writing personal essays mm-hmm. when i do write personal essays about relationships it's always as a married woman like mm-hmm. i have something coming out in good housekeeping mm-hmm. they wanted me to look through my hu- to ask my husband for permission to look through his phone and find, I think it was 10 things, like 10 things that were just on his phone, whether they were photos or emails, I love this. screenshots, I'm whatever. I'm doing this at home. And I then, can't wait. And then I had to write a story based on those 10 things that I found and what surprised me, what didn't surprise That's me. That's great. Yeah, with the premise. Was that your idea or theirs? Uh, th- that was theirs, to their it's credit. Amazing. And, I want to read that. <laughs> what month? Yeah, um, it's coming out online and it should oh, be out next month. send it to month. me. I'm dying yeah, to see yeah. it. That's great. But um, I love I, the, that the idea. Premise was that lots of women are afraid they're going to find all this porn mm. or or texts mm-hmm. from other girls, you know, sexy texts from other girls on their husband or, or boyfriend's phone. And David didn't have any of that stuff. You know, like, <laughs> you know, but that's not fair. You're setting up a standard that is an well, aberration, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, right? But, but but and in my intro though, like I wrote, I, I did I did get a little bit vulnerable at one point. Where I, well, at least in a 
in terms of sex and cheating and porn and that stuff, I did find that he still had all of these text messages from a girl who made me kind of jealous in college. This is one of his his female friends. Mm. And it turns out he actually, he doesn't text that much. So he has all of his text conversations. But when I saw this conversation, it just... Pushed a button. Yeah, yeah. I was like, why? Why does he still have that? So I'm wondering if you're curious as to what, Girls your age, normal. No, No, but I mean, I'm wondering if you're curious or if it's something that's frightening and you just rather not know know about it. I don't know. I don't have an idea. I mean, I've had I've had enough. I mean, when you want to read about it, or oh yeah, no, I do. I do do, read about that stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, And my sisters are not with. Oh, they're, high, okay. they're they're with different guys. Um, mm-hmm. Well, one of them is single. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and my best friend is getting mm-hmm. married next year, but uh, she's dated different people too. I mm-hmm. mean, she didn't have the mm-hmm. this fairy tale situation. Right. So you do have a sense of it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I do have a sense. We well, also have to remember, like you know, that this is a, you're young and this is a phase. So right now, yeah. all your friends are going through that, but pretty soon they'll all get married. Yeah, definitely within and then ten it'll years. Be different, <laughs> and then there'll then there'll, then there will be some divorces. And yeah, it, things will change again. It's just really a moment in time where your life experience doesn't match theirs. That's all. Yeah. Well, so for these women's magazines, I tend to write about feminist politics, Mm. uh, racial identity and injustice, um, and Mm -hmm. and related topics like gentrification, um, honoring heritage and culture, uh, in whether it's in food or fashion or whatever. Uh, Lots of religion topics, but always always from a cultural sense, too. Mm -hmm, mm Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So do you, we have three minutes left. So do you guys plan on having kids? Have you thought that through? Oh, yeah. We we want kids, but not for a while. Not for a while. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping mid-30s. <laughs> yeah, that's sensible. That's yeah. really sensible. And uh, since we only have a couple minutes left, is there anything that you want to push? Yeah. Promote? Okay, so let me plug Quail Bell Magazine. This is an online and print magazine that I started in college and still run today with Gretchen Gales and a host of other people. Uh, Quail Bell Magazine runs imaginary, nostalgic, and otherworldly content, both fiction and nonfiction. We publish online every single day, and we print our anthologies usually once or twice a year. Hmm. We are going to be at the Richmond Zine Festival at the end of this month, oh, September thirtieth. Fun, yeah. Getting to go to Richmond, <laughs> yeah. As an adult, a real adult. <laughs> That's great. I got a great Richmond story. One time, I went to an astrologer just for the hell of it, like a, you know, whatever, really professional one, and he said that uh, it would be really good for my. Uh, I don't know what do they call it where the planets line up that I should go to. Uh, this uh, that's why I went to Richmond. I went to Richmond <laughs> on my birthday because that would invoke good luck for the rest of the year. And I went there by myself and I rented a hotel room and I was there for like two nights. Which hotel do you remember? I don't know. It was really nice one. It was like on a quad kind of thing, an old one. I bet it's still there. The Jefferson, maybe? maybe the Jefferson, yeah. Huh. And I remember I was young. I was just old enough to like have enough money to like go on a trip like that and rent a hotel room. And it was very exciting for me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I enjoyed it immensely. I love that you've been to Richmond because so many New Yorkers I've met have just said, oh, yeah, wasn't that the capital of the Confederacy? I'm like, yes, a very long time ago. That's all you know about it. <laughs> Yeah. I remember there was a lot of racial segregation. Oh, yeah. And it's still like that unofficially. Uh, but no, and I, I write a lot about that. Oh, well, actually, that's good. I'm glad you're doing something good about it. Well, anyway, um, I just want to say, you know, thanks a lot for coming in. And uh, I feel like I uh, learned a lot today here. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's good. Thank you. You know, it's, it's kind of great for me to get to identify with a young person who has the same issues with young women that I do. It's not just because <laughs> I'm an old lady. As a matter of no. fact, I have enough bad dating stories myself that uh, I could probably. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. 